are here for a reason. This, 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 this news just in. Go, go, go. We are your news now. <laughs> right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. <laughs> You're listening to Right On Radio. You, you are here for a reason. Yes, indeed, you are here for a reason. This is Right On Radio. My name is Jeff, and I'm joined with Jesse. Good evening, Jeff. How are you? Oh, you are so good. I'm having a great night. That's awesome. <laughs> and welcome to the broadcast. The tagline of the broadcast is, of course, live right in the real world. And today we are going to be addressing a very real issue that has to do with many of your lives. Of course, we are going to talk about the 501c3 and the current status of the church today. And you are going to be pleased to know that we are joined by one of our favorite family members here of Right On Radio, and that is, of course, Jesse. Announce who it is. Cisco Wheeler. Woohoo! <laughs> yes, Cisco is with us. It's always it's always a celebration. Now, unfortunately, we're having trouble getting Cisco's camera going and so you may not be able to see her beautiful face uh today but the love uh will still emanate from her as it always does and she has a beautiful thing to uh to get us kicked off with the show but right before we get into it i just want to knock off a couple uh quick things first of all uh i had announced that uh on our writeonyou.com platform. Of course, we have some freebies on there and everything, but we also have some courses. The Creating Wealth uh, through Stewardship course currently has a coupon. It goes till January 31st. It saves you $300. So uh, that the coupon is called Multiply. It's in the description. Uh, you'll need to do that before the end of the month when it expires. And only people who have taken the Creating Wealth course will qualify for the real estate uh, investing course that I'm going to give. So very important. Also, uh, Dominion and Authority by Jesse. The thing has been on fire. Uh, I understand there might even be some additions coming to that course, Jesse. And yes. the coupon war is valid again until January 31st. So uh, right on you. If you haven't taken advantage of those courses, Please do. Plus, there are some freebies up there as well. The bug out bag by the military analyst um, and Baron Trump's uh, underground adventures, which is uh, kind of like a time travel thing. By the way, speaking of time travel, Jesse, that show we did with the military analyst yesterday on Podbean exclusives every Wednesday was right. mind blowing yesterday. That was totally mind blowing. Uh, for me, it was validating and confirming of a lot of things. Many locations he mentioned were areas that I was aware of. So, you know, he talks a little bit about the operational overview of the of the gate. So it was very interesting right on. You know, he, he's got such great information and I can confirm, you know, the majority of what he says. So very interesting. 
Yeah, and he doesn't necessarily come from the faith perspective that we do. Um, right. He's he's more coming from well the information. The yeah, the, the military perspective. The military perspective and the military, a lot of it is brotherhood controlled, of course. That's so, right. but but it's wonderful to get out those points of view, and it confirms and gives us a different angle yeah. to look at things. So, I think uh, it's important for people to remember that you know one of my main um, goals with my ministry, Illuminate the Darkness, is to bring forward the truth about how our government has been exploiting not only children, but uh, their military through these government experiments and projects. So, you know, he really is giving firsthand testimony of these exact things that I've been fighting um, our country, you know, on behalf of those who have served. And so, you know, there's no better source to get it from. He's, you know, considered very top in this system and uh, we'll, we'll say military system with this. And so, you know, the information he's given you is, you know, you're not going to get it from a better source. So. Yeah, yeah. it really has been good. And, uh, and by the way, speaking of pod being exclusives uh, Friday, uh, that's tomorrow from uh, tonight's show will be a pod being exclusive again. We're going to be doing it at 1 p.m. on Eastern Standard Time. And we're going to actually decode uh, President Trump's speech from a few days ago. Can we give a teaser on that, Jeff, or no? Not yet. <laughs> There's so many notes I have for this. Uh, uh, well, I'll give you a teaser. Um, at uh, the bottom of the screen. I had right a great... Oh, okay, you want to give the tease? You yeah, the I tea. totally wanted to give the tease. I mean, he takes off that hat and does his little wispy hair thing. I think he uses that great purple shampoo that I like. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And by the way, it's just the bottle. The actual shampoo is not purple. Um, I right. use the blue, just so you know. <laughs> Beautiful hair as well, Jesse. So funny. <laughs> no, I'm course, where do you get the shampoo? It's at mylibertystand.com. Uh, listen, it's time to switch your spending habits. And actually, I've got some numbers. Uh, if there's 80 million patriots essentially in, in the movement, okay, if 10% of them switched our average shopping and this is just consumer goods like stuff that you use every day household goods you know healthy snacks things like that if 10 percent of that 80 million just in the u.s alone switched their uh shopping away from the cabal stores away from the caustic totally bad chemical crap that they're giving you did you know we could take 90 billion dollars out of their pockets each year just 10 percent of us a lot. so do your part folks go to mylibertystand.com and one of your fellow listeners not a professional salesperson it's no sales pitch it's just a concierge walk through the store uh, because that's the way that this uh, family-run business north american north american jobs canada and u.s is run, they believe in running an old-fashioned way, and that is person-to-person. Uh, -person. So uh, they will do that. Uh, also, just a quick announcement. Uh, 
Join our Telegram channels. We have our Singapore prayer celebration on Telegram every Saturday at 8 p.m. Uh, but we also, and I want to be really clear, listen to this. If you're chatting in the chat right now, stop and listen. Stop, stop chatting and listen. We have several channels on Telegram and many of you do not know how they work and you're giving our admins extra work. We have a chat channel right on radio chat. Guess what we do there, Jesse? We chat. We chat on right on radio chat. It's a community building. We talk to each other. We build each other up. Sometimes we share worship songs, things like that. Then we have another one called right on radio digs. Jesse, what do we use the digs channel for? Well, that's used for our research and our deep digging dives. That's right. So we want people to put in your information. You put in, uh, if you find a great story, put it there. It's a bit of the Wild West. And yes, you can comment on the digs, but we want to keep it focused to digs. Then we have our main channel. And what happens is our main channel, which is just right on radio, is all of the news curated to the main channel, so you don't have to go through 1,500 posts on digs. You get what we feel is more curated, a little bit more vetted news. Um, we have another channel, which is called Right on Radio Prayers. And what is that exclusively used for, Jesse? That's exclusively used for prayers. And every night around 7 p.m. Eastern time, we have a group of um, individuals gathering to pray specifically for the issues going on in the Netherlands right now. Amen. So that is perfect. Uh, but you can go there, you can put in your prayer request, or you can pray for someone. We don't chat. That's meant for the chat channel. And lastly, we have one more channel that's going to become important for you in the very near future. And it's called Right On Radio Shows. So what we're doing uh, and we have a great volunteer uh, who this weekend, I believe, is going to take the links from every one of our video shows that are stored on Odyssey and put them in right on radio shows. So you just go to Telegram and everything is going to be there. That's amazing. Really easy to navigate. Um, okay, uh, so I'm just going to bring on Cisco in two seconds, but I want to read something. Uh, this is from Mark Taylor. And quite honestly, Mark Taylor, uh, you know, uh, he's, some people call him a prophet. He actually doesn't identify him as that way, but himself that way, but he's a retired fireman. Uh, I believe he's a man of God and he has written books prophetically, uh, and some things like that. And, uh, you know, he was kind of known as the Trump prophet. I think he's a humble man. But he recently, I believe this was from last week, Jesse, wrote something on this subject. And because he's the one who awoken me uh, to this whole issue, I would have never considered it until uh, I heard Mark Taylor speak on it. I want to read his most recent post. Uh, and by the way, if you want to follow him on Telegram, it's Patton, P-A-T-T-O-N, 6966. And no, that isn't a cabal number. That was actually his fireman badge number, 6966. So here's what he wrote. Those that are part of the 501c3 church ministry system are denying 
Oh, something's happened here. Okay, are denying God's kingdom and accepting Satan's. What they are doing is building man's kingdom through Satan and mammon, and they're coming into agreement with the Baal Babylonian system. God's kingdom brings freedom and sovereignty. Man's kingdom brings religion and slavery and control. Jesus came to set the captives free through relationship with him. God will establish his kingdom on the earth through relationship with his people, the true remnant, those who are not bound to the devil's system. The true transfer of wealth will be transferred from the system, the wicked, and given to the just remnant ecclesia of God. So very controversial statements right off the bat. This is going to ruffle some feathers. So what we're going to do now, Jesse, is we're going to bring in Cisco. And Cisco has a prayer prepared and we'll get going. Cisco, good evening to you, first of all. And would you start out with that prayer that you had for the Right On Radio audience to start off this broadcast? Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Jesse. It's a privilege to be here with you. Uh, yeah, three o'clock this morning, the, woke me, the Lord woke me up and he gave me Leviticus 17, 11. And I, I got up and I looked at it and I started reading it. And all of a sudden, the Lord said to me, the Lord says, for the soul of all flesh is in the soul. Did you hear what I said? The soul yeah. of all flesh is in the soul. Yes. And what are they targeting? The soul. I think they target the flesh too and the spirit. (laughs) Yes, and in Isaiah 53, 12, God talks about how he poured his soul out at Calvary. Hmm. So So this week I want you to be thinking about that. Because I would like to do a series on the blood of Yeshua, maybe in time. But when the Lord woke that up and showed it to me, I just had to go into praise. When I I had forgotten that the soul was in the blood, and it hit me so hard. And I just started to worship the Lord. And I just said, oh, Lord, you reign forever. Your kingdom reigns. As you were raised from the dead to power, let your presence rise within each of us. Clothe us, Lord, in your glory and draw us by your grace and let the glory of your presence fill our temple. And I say again, our Lord reigns. He is seated on his throne. He's clothed in glory and exalted high the train of his robe fills the temple and the angels encircle around about him and they cry you are holy oh so holy you are holy lord of all we cry unto you you are holy we you are holy and today 
We ask the Lord to fill our temple with his glory as we give him reverence for his word, for his love, for Calvary. And we acknowledge him to be king and Lord over our lives. And may we be blessed by the Lord's embrace as we give him glory and praise and honor. And Lord, I pray that your presence fills our hearts. And Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear what is being said today, that you might be glorified in all that we do and in all that we say. May we walk in the glory of your presence. And that is my prayer for us, for all of us. Because we do, we each stand for every word that proceeds out of our mouth. We stand before the most holy God. We cannot take lightly what God wants to share with us today. Because your soul depends on knowing truth. You may not like it and it may upset you. And you may not even totally understand what we're saying. But I ask you, pray. And if you're in a church, will you come under the authority of a minister that is sitting under the 501c3? Get out. And before this broadcast is over, you'll understand why. Well, amen, Cisco. What a powerful prayer that was indeed. And uh, and. <laughs> I, I wasn't asked to do this. I want to be really clear about that. But uh, if you join Cisco's Patreon, that's the sort of content that she puts out all the time, uh, along with some intel from time to time. But uh, most of it is really lifting up people and bringing you into a deeper relationship with Christ. And uh, one of the things that Cisco had said just before getting into the prayer, uh, which is something maybe I, I didn't even really put one and one together. Uh, maybe you, before we get into the 501c3 uh, thing, what you said, Cisco, is the soul is in the blood. Yes. Tell me more about that. Well, the, the scripture says that in the blood is life. And well, who is life? Christ is the life, eternal life. And it's all about the blood. Life. Mm -hmm. So that would make sense that the soul is in the blood. I So I always kind of thought the soul is just kind of in the middle here. <laughs> you know, I don't know. But I guess that's where your heart is, isn't it? It's the, well, I think there's more to that. Um, as we start to look at the Hebrew definition, it's actually the word, um, like the, you know, when God gave Adam his name, mm -hmm. um, A means a type, and Dam is the Hebrew word for the blood. Yes. So literally, Adam is an image of God's blood, which really is the glory, which is a mixture of light and song. Um, and so when you look at that, I mean, Jeff, that's something we've been breaking down, looking at the song within the blood. And um, all of that is that imagery that um, we've been talking about. Yeah. Wow. Off air. 
and so very powerful that yes the but where i was going with that is um think about our current day you know what do we put to control the flow of a river we put a dam and so think about that if the blood actually is that control of the flow of the living water um it's all interconnected yeah so beautifully said jesse beautifully said oh and and, and by the way so i before i get into it i also i do want to do this and uh if you have not bought the book behold a white horse by cisco wheeler you're missing out on one of the biggest intel drops in history <laughs> you know honestly it's not an easy read it's a thick book it's small print but i'm telling you the depth of the, that goes into the detail it will solve many of the mysteries that you've you know have not been able to put together so uh definitely uh, uh recommendation behold a white horse and you can get that on amazon and other publishing uh places so cisco you heard the opening statement that i read from uh mark taylor in regard to the 501c3 uh what did you think of that statement first of all it's 100 percent on he, that is uh truth at its very root at its very root and today, as we continue to talk about uh, the American churches and how we are reaping the harvest of their sin because of 501c3, because of this corporation, we're going to ask the Lord to take the axe to the root of it. Yeah. So. And if you wouldn't mind defining. Um, Define for people what the sin in that is. I will discuss that. But before okay. I do that, I want to lay a little. I, I will, Jesse. Uh, I'm going to give a little foundation as to how I set this out so that you can understand what's happened in the churches. I think you need to understand how the churches have slipped. They no longer know the true living word of God, they cover it, they mask it. So I'm just going to share this with you. And actually just, just real quick before you do Cisco, I, I just realized that not everyone is familiar with the term 501 C three. And so in America, that's essentially the charitable status that, uh, that churches get. So when people can donate, they can claim some of their donations to the government and things like that, but you fall under the government control in Canada, in the UK, in Australia and all these other countries, they have a, something very similar. It's the charitable status that your church is awarded by the government. So um, it's not called 501 C three in your country. You will have the equi equivalent and we'll just call it the charitable status of the church or other charity organizations. They all share the same thing. Yes. Uh, is music coming through on your side, oh, that Cisco? Was, that was my clock. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, Cisco, go ahead and lay that foundation. Okay. Uh, the majority of the churches in America, they have abandoned their struggle between good and evil. And slowly the people in this country 
and began to attribute their blessings, not so much to God, but to man. For many, God was put in the back seat of the churches and man exhorted himself as God. And you'll see this as we go forward. Many people, they, they would draw themselves in materialism. It became very important, self-centeredness. Uh, it's like the church has departed. It, it no longer divides the word correctly. It, it's departed from the big, biblical truth, that very foundation that we stand on in righteousness. It's like it's gone. It's been sifted away. I've watched it through the years. Little bit at a little. Things changing. And I'll go into that in a moment. You know, humanism and, and philosophy got brought into the churches. And if you're looking at philosophy and human wisdom, it always leads you away from Christ. And the church begins to disguise this sin with terminology. Have you noticed how there's so much terminology in the churches now? Absolutely. And I'll give you an example. Uh, let me think out loud here. What God calls drunkenness today in the church, the church calls it alcoholism. Think about that. God said it's a sin. Today, the church calls it a disease. That's a really great point. Yeah. It's not a disease. It's sin. It's rebellion against the Most High God. And it's in that, as a disease, it leaves people in the state of continuing to do it without repenting. And to say, you know, I have no power, no control over it. And instead of just confessing and repenting, they remain in the sin. Absolutely. And it's a, it, by calling it a disease, it's an excuse for their sin. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the judgments that God says that an alcoholic cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Do you really think the God that we serve? would give us a disease that we couldn't overcome? No. It's not a disease. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's alcoholism. It's a sin. That's why they call it spirits. Because yep. it's, it's a very sinful, sinful uh, soul sin. It is a soul okay, sin. Okay, but hold, hold on a second. So you're not saying that someone who drinks alcohol is going to go to hell. Surely you're not saying that. Well, Jeff, I say this. We each have to stand. You work our own plan of salvation. But the word of God says, woe unto the man that serves it. Woe unto him. The judgment of God is upon him. And also God, the word tells us, do not drink anything that turns itself about in a glass. Well, liquor turns itself, wine turns itself, liquor turns itself around in a glass. So that's enough for me that I'm not going to drink it. What you do, what someone else does, that's up to them. You work it out with the Lord. We each have to work our own plan of salvation out. But for me, when it says, 
woe unto the man that serves it. If I can't serve it, if I have God's judgment upon me because I serve it, then I surely shouldn't drink it. That's the way I feel. Okay, uh, and, and listen, I, I'm, I'm coming out. I'm coming out. It's straight because listen, you called out. This, this is. I'm not an alcoholic. I've never considered, but I do like my beer, and you know, a cold beer on a hot day, in particularly, is a really good thing for me. Um, so you'll have to work that out with the Holy Spirit. Oh, okay, well, hold on, but but I also <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to lead our audience astray. And I'm not defending it is between yourself and God, but yeah. who is without sin? Yeah. Uh, well, I think the sin if, was if your mind is pure and you never think a dirty thought or a bad thought, you know, like by the way, why would Jesus make his very first miracle water into wine if that could potentially kill all of the people for eternity? We have to understand that God would never go against his own word. He's the integrity of his word. So as far as I'm concerned, it, it was not wine that turned itself about in a glass because that has to be aged. That is a substance that a is aged. The wine that God served at the wedding was a fresh wine. They stomped that wine. It was fresh. And I don't believe that God would go against the integrity of his own word. So no, as far he, as I'm concerned, I'll be never been convinced that it was uh, wine wine. I'll never believe Well, that. I think the difference that you were defining the scriptures you're going over are distinctly linked with drunkenness, which means that, you know, you lack the control to stop. You're allowing that alcohol to control your life. And, yes. you know, you are serving it because... You know, you refuse to, you know, what is it, um, control how much and when you're drinking and you're using that as a coping mechanism versus turning to the Lord. Um, but, you know, we do see in scripture where, you know, wine was served, whether in meals or, you know, even during the Last Supper, um, Christ partook in drinking wine as well. So we do see that throughout scripture where people had a drink now or then. The defining line is, you know, are they, is it just a glass that they're having and they're able to control? They're not, you know, using that as a means to, um, as a substitute or as a vice instead of turning to the Lord. And I agree with that 100%. And I think the the really the dividing line is does it control you or do you control it? Uh really. Uh and, and if it controls you, it becomes that substitute where you go to that, you go to that vice instead of to God. And also then you have controlling spirits in your life. And I agree with Cisco. It is spirits. That's why they're called that. Uh However, if, uh, you know, I don't think that there's condemnation in having a drink or anything like that. So I don't want our audience to, uh, to feel con condemned if, uh, if they do enjoy a beverage or two. Well, I think so it's interesting. I'm oh, sorry, Jesse. Oh, I was just going to say what's interesting with your point there is that um, many, you know, of the foundational churches like, the Greek Orthodox, the Orthodox, the Catholic, they've remained serving, you know, wine during communion 
However, the newer churches um, have gone to grape juice. So that that was interesting about the the wine or if it makes if it turns in the glass and just thinking about the implications of that as the church has made some of those changes or adjustments even in communion that's interesting yes and i also want to say you know i can only speak for myself because for me to drink alcohol in any way shape or form is wrong for me and the reason it is so i am so strong on the issue is because i come from a family's that has roots of alcoholism mm -hmm. and i am seeing the sin of alcohol in my own family yeah. and for me to open that door before my children my grandchildren my friends when i have seen what it has done tore my family apart tore other families apart yeah. i i see the abomination of it and i'm responsible yeah. before the lord do not open the door. I remember my grandmother saying to me when I was young, honey, don't forget. It's the first drink that makes you an alcoholic. It's the first drug that you take that is the opens the door to drug addiction. Remember, mm -hmm. alcohol is a spirit. And every time you, you drink of that, you're taking a chance. Yeah. Taking a chance spiritually. That's good advice. Don't open the door. And so... Uh, that's why I stand so harshly on it is because I have to stand before God. I I don't want to stand before the God knowing that I come from a family that has a history of alcoholism. And I said, that's okay, kids. So-and-so down here, so he was a drunk and he dropped dead in the street. So what? He was just a drunk. But that's all right. You can have a bottle of wine. That's all right. You can go get a, a shot of whiskey. That's okay with me. What am I no, listen, I, I understand that, but you know, because we're we're speaking to tens of thousands right. of people, right. I didn't want, I don't, I never want people to, unless you know, unless we really, really believe it's a path to hell. But I just don't think it's a path to I'm hell. Not judge. I'm not yeah, I think I think it's the controlling are. aspect uh, that uh, that Jesse mentioned. So, uh, I just wanted to say, so, Jeff, I just wanted to say that's why I stand. So yeah, I no, I understand. Stand. I understand. I, I understand I the conviction, stand. and I'm and I'm, will, I'm I'm ready to move past it because I we want too. to talk I about the five hundred one c three. But okay. because you did bring up drugs as well, I will just mention, um, you know, perhaps there's some medicinal purposes. I'm not going to be the judge, but I do know that also there is sorcery involved in drugs. So yes, uh, yes. there's a caution to be made with that as yes. well. So let's carry on with the okay. 501c3. Okay. Where was I? Okay. What God calls sodomy, the church calls being gay. God calls it perversion. See how the church has twisted it? it You're right. If gay means happy, of course, you know, uh -huh. which is a real perversion of the word. But yes, you're right. God calls it sodomy. Yeah, and the church calls it an altered lifestyle, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and it's also strange flesh in the Bible. Uh-huh. And uh, it's, what did you say, Jeff? Strange flesh. Oh, I've never heard that term. Hmm. And, you know, they have another way of covering lying or cheating or stealing. And I've heard this myself in the pulpit. And I'm going, wait a minute. What happened to 
righteousness. I mean, let's call it what it is. It's sin. And the pastor I heard say it, he said, well, people that lie and they cheat and they still, they, yeah, they have a problem, but it's a, let's just call it the abnormal social behavior. That's a good one. <laughs> and I'm going, whoa. So our churches, for the most part, uh, well, I don't know. Well, it's it's the whitewashing, you know. They want to want to say they want to put a whitewashed cover over it that makes it look like something else, like that. It's meant to be there. It's part of the wall decoration and coloring. You know, it's okay to be there, and they cover up things that you know the lord has said hey yeah this is sin it breaks down the wall it, it puts a huge hole in the wall so the enemy can come into the camp and they just put that whitewash over there and are like everything's fine there's nothing to worry about and so what is the relevance of these things that cisco is bringing What's up relevant? well first well first of all it's because a lot of churches will not discuss these things they will not call uh, being gay sodomy. And by the way, God doesn't hate the people. He hates the act. Okay. And we're the same way. Uh, we, they don't call, you know, alcohol, their drunk, drunkenness, uh, alcoholism, uh, or they, you know what I mean? They don't come out against abortion because they might, uh, first of all, if you go against what they get, you could lose your charitable status. Okay. So that's why, and plus you don't fundraise as well. Uh, because there might be, you know, in fact, I'm sure in almost every congregation, there's a woman who's had uh, an abortion or is thinking about it. And, you know, they don't want to offend that person. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know, the reason why what I'm saying is so important is I'm wanting you to, to get an eye to be able to see what has happened to our churches because of 501c3. That covering, remember, we're no greater than the hand that rules over you. We're no greater than the, the man in the pulpit that leads us, the teacher that is teaching us. So I want to go on because can the yeah, blind lead the blind? Can the blind lead the blind? Can no. They, no. Can the sick heal the sick? No. And through moral decay, we cannot separate the church from the world. And because of the 501c3, this is where we are in America and throughout the world. The church, you can't, the majority of the churches, not all, but the majority, you can't separate them from the world. You've got witchcraft, and like you said, David, you've got child abuse, you've got divorce, you've got abortions, you've got drunkenness, you've got uh, teenage suicides, you've got drugs, you've got sexual uh, issues in the churches, you've got political corruption. And how did this happen? Through worldly compromise. Worldly and I compromise. And I really think where it starts is, you know, first of all, why does a church apply for a charitable status? 
Well, it's because they don't trust God to provide and they don't think people will donate unless they get something back from the government in form of a tax credit or however it works in your state or country. So right away, they're putting their trust in the government instead of in God by going on to the 501c3. Right, but it's true. Through worldly compromise, the majority of American churches are sleeping with the enemy as they have become a corporation, an incorporated state controlled church under the IRS 501c3 nonprofit status. When a church body accepts the IRS 501c3, that nonprofit status, it agrees to relinquish its authority as a local church. That's true. So you relinquish your authority. So are you standing in God's authority when you've relinquished your authority? Yes. It's, It's split the church. What it has done is given the church a double standard. Mm-hmm. It has also given the church two roadmaps. I'm going to bring a scripture up that the Lord has gave me concerning this issue, and it's James 4.4, and it reads, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. And this is exactly what 501c3 is. It has become an enemy to our God. The state is the creator of all corporations. Remember that. The state is the creator. And what is a corporation? A corporation is an entity. Right. And when a church controls or uh, has contracts with the evil government to gain its benefits, it becomes a corporation. It signs over its final authority that the church once had is signed over to the government. Did you hear what I said? Absolutely. In other words, the church grants headship to the civil government Mm -hmm. and allows it to dictate the limits of the church authority. In other words, from that point, the, the government can tell the church how to function. It and I believe, Go ahead, uh, as we define civil government, that it's not the constitutional government of we the people. It's actually under the headship of the Corporation of America. Yes, absolutely. Right on, Jesse. Which is the maritime law, which is where the beast comes out of the sea in Revelation 13. It's all under the beast control system, the ball control system, and mammon. Yeah. Well, see, the boundary, what people need to understand is the boundary, the very foundation within the church itself, it shifts. There's a shift taking place. And is that in the natural and the spiritual? 
That's my question. Is that in the natural and the spiritual? The shift? So what, what shift are you talking about? There's a shift within the very foundation of the churches. There's a shift that takes place when you come under the authority, when you come under the authority of a 501c3, there's a shift within the very foundation of your church. Yeah. Well, yeah, I would say you've submitted your authority to the ball system. So, yeah, that's quite a shift. And so is that just physical or is it physical and spiritually? Well, it starts off spiritual and it manifests in the physical, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So you're well, it and so you're actually manifesting the ball system inside of your church when you sign on to that charitable status. Yes, because the state at when you sign to be a part of the 501c3 at that point the government is preempting god's sovereignty so what what an important point to make right now because we're this has gotten heavy obviously two years ago if i was to start a church i would have been applying for a charitable status because I thought that was the right thing to do. I did not know this. And it's likely if you attend a church that is a 501c3, they did it out of innocence. Okay? They did it out of innocence. They need to be brought up to speed. Uh, they need to be taught the word of God. They need to be shown that they've handed over their authority. And you need to do it in love with these people. Because... It's likely that your pastor is a good guy. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, that's what you're taught even in the seminaries. You know, they do a brief little thing encouraging you or they'll have somebody come in and talk about how to set your church up as a 501c3. So you're just taught like this is what I need to do in order to get, you know, from that place where... Mm -hmm. You know, we just have a building to now we are considered a church. And, um, you know, they that's just what they teach you to do. And most so, don't even think about that. They're never proposed the thought process through it. Um, yeah, it just, it, that's right. It just seems natural. And, of course, you've yeah. seen that all of your life. But let me ask you one other thing, Jesse, just a curious point, because I want to get to this part uh, in the conversation. Do they teach you about the best ways to collect money in the church? Um, they do a little bit. I had a little bit yes, of that. We do. Yeah. We do. All right. So let's go back to Cisco's okay. notes and I'm going to come back to fundraising because I have a lot to say in it. Being someone who has studied this subject uh, more, not the 501c3, but certainly the relationship of mammon and money. Mm-hmm. Within the 501c3, within this corporation, the, the, the organization within the church itself 
it's it has to obey the agenda of the government is what I'm trying to say. They have to support this corporation. Mm -hmm. have, you, have you asked yourself the question I have many times? Where's the spirit of the Lord in a lot of our churches? They're dead. They are absolutely dead. Where's the spirit of the Lord? Where's the moving of the Holy Spirit? Where's healing? Where's the gift of the spirit operating in our churches? Where's healing? Uh, where's the move of the spirit? Where's the mourner's bench? Where is, where has the mourner's bench gone? And what's the mourner's bench? That is when you really acknowledge that you need Jesus and you go to the mourner's bench and you get on your knees and you repent before God with weeping. With weeping and the soul literally weeps before the Lord for the sin in their own lives or in your life. Where's the mourner's bench? All right, so just just as a as a like a, a super macho guy, I gotta say, <laughs> uh, listen, it's it's just totally gay to go cry. So you don't want to be gay in church. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, so funny, Jeff. The, the, the greatest moves of the spirit I've seen in my life, and remember, I'm almost almost eighty now, going down, going there quickly. Some of the greatest moves I've ever seen is when we humbly came before the Lord with weeping. Yeah, that's something, you know, back, and this was years ago, they used to have to make a place because people would be so moved by the Spirit yes. of God yes. that they had to control where those people went because their natural instinct was to, you know, all gather at the front. And usually once you had one, you would have several. And so then they started uh, building those benches off to the side so that it would like direct the flow and not um, interrupt the rest of the service as they kept going. Um, but then they took it away altogether to discourage that movement or flow of the spirit. That's right. You've seen it, Jesse. You've yeah. seen it. But so let's go back to the government. So if you're under the 501c3, we have, they, you have to support the government's agenda, even if it's sinful. Even can you give if, an example of even that? Even if it's sinful. You can't, in a lot of the churches, the pastors are terrified to talk against homosexuality. They're terrified to talk about abortion, that it's murder. What else, Jesse? What else, Jeff? The, they take the blood scriptures. I think even the with the, you know, the current situations, we'll just call it with the, you know, the jabby jabber incidents going on um, as mandates were coming out, um, you know, churches were among businesses that were directed and it was dictated to them how they needed to operate at those times. So, you know, if they were told they were in areas that they needed to shut their doors, they had to shut their doors because of that control. Um, you know, if they were told that people had to be sitting so many feet apart, mm -hmm. you know, you had pastors and churches that were measuring, you know, telling people where they could sit, where they couldn't sit, you know, even splitting up families 
in those pews to now there are three or four pews apart. And, you know, some of the churches had to cycle people. So it was like, okay, we'll extend our service, but, you know, all the families with these last names, you come at this time. And then the rest of you come at this time and they had to accommodate those mandates and regulations. That's and right. don't forget to come and sing praises to the Lord with your face diaper <laughs> on. Right. Yep. In other words, what you're saying is the churches have reached a place where they have to support the policies of the government. Whatever the government says, they will do. Yeah. And the yeah. truth is, you know, that the religious organizations are structured to serve two masters. Yeah. I loved... There's actually a great story by Dimitri Dudeman. He was a Romanian pastor. Yes. So this was before, you know, um, our time. But um, he he and his church were gathering, and they had soldiers that came in, and literally, um, you know, they had weapons, and they told people in the congregation, like, you have, like, the next two minutes to leave. And if not, we're going to lock and chain lock this door and anybody remaining is, is going to be shot and killed. And so, you know, you had this max, mass exodus of people from the church. And then those soldiers chained those doors shut. Now, this is the power of God, you know, because, you know, Dimitri and everybody who stayed, they didn't know what to expect. You know, they were expecting that Hey, in that moment, they're going to die. And instead, the soldiers put down their guns and said, okay, now we can worship all the traitors are out. <laughs> so they actually, you know, were Christian soldiers. And that was their way of making sure there wasn't any infiltrators in the group. So kind of a funny story, but we're, we're kind of getting story. to that point, you know, where, you know, you don't know who will betray you and, who's working, you know, under the scenes for the system and beautiful Jesse. So I guess we're back to the corporate church. I asked this question and I've asked, I talked to the Lord about it. I said, Lord, has the church lost its first love? To bend a knee to evil government operating outside of the church's original, uh, you know, perimeters. At one time, as a young woman, there was a standard within the churches. There's a perimeter in which you, you stood solid on that foundation. So I asked the question again, has the church lost its first love? In truth, the 5013 status was never required for any New Testament church. It is evident of spiritual adultery. Yeah. It's a product of adulterous faith in human government. It is adultery. That's powerful, and I believe that to be 100% true as and well. And I believe, humbly, I come before all of you. And I know it's harsh, but it's true. The church actually has become a state of harlots. 
Come ye out of Babylon and be not partakers of their sin. That's all I can say. Come out of Babylon, be not any, be not partakers of her sin. We have got for the move that the Lord is wanting to bring around the world. We've first got to come out of Babylon. Yeah. And we're going to give some very specific advice if you're a pastor, a preacher who want to do that, want to come out of the system. It's going to be really simple. Uh, so hang on because we're going to give you some solutions as we uh, as we come to the end. But let me just ask if this describes your church that you go to. You go in, <clears throat> you sit down, uh, you're greeted at the door, of course. Sometimes they'll have some background music or something like that playing, but you go and you sit down, you know, you'll sometimes shake your neighbor's hand. But then it almost always starts out with worship music. So let's start by worshiping the Lord. That's great. I love to worship. And they, they start off with a little bit faster tempo songs, you know, get that energy pumping, right? But then they taper off and they go to slower, more adorning songs to the Lord. And just to get your heart really right and in love with God and really feeling that passion so you get jumped up with the rock and stuff and then they bring down the pace and then they collect the money before the preach always before the preach not always but i'm just asking if this is the way they do it in your church and then the preacher will come on they'll make some announcements or whatever and they'll have the sermon and at the end of the sermon everyone leaves and sometimes a band will come up and give you a rocking uh, way out uh, into uh, the rest of the world where you forget what happened on Sunday and go back to your regular life. Is that what your church is like? Because let me tell you something, it's designed to get money out of your pocket. It's by design, they're actually taught this is the best way to raise money inside of your corporate church is by doing it that way. And that's why most churches do it that way. Have you seen that before, Jesse? Well, I, I could say a little bit scarier stuff about that. And Cisco could probably, you know, back me up in this, but um, yeah, do it. You know, part of that adoration and bringing people to that moment of, um, you know, that feeling like they're trying to resonate a certain feeling within you, which is the adoration, the love. And then you're putting something in a plate, which, you know, in that system, but, you know, I mean, I'm just bringing it out there. Um, you know, when they're going to do a blood sacrifice and Satan's demanding the blood, what did he have it collected on? Usually a gold plate. Mm -hmm. And so it's really literally considered a, a willing sacrifice. And uh, so it gets every single person to willingly sacrifice something. And, um, you know, it, it's like you're, you know, signing a, a contract for that week. You know, you, you've, willingly consented to whatever the enemy has planned for you that week 
and he's deceived you, uh, making you feel that it's, you know, you're doing it for the Lord. Um, you know, in all genuine genuineness, that's what we really feel we are. That's part of the deception. Um, but as you said, who is it really serving? You know, who's getting that glory, that honor, and and uh, is directing the control of that tithe? It's mammon. So let me ask a follow-up question to that, and maybe Cisco can jump in as here as well. So the, the congregate, the person inside the church who really was singing that song to God and meant it in their heart, and they're giving generously even and putting the money on the plate or in a bucket or you know whatever it is uh, that's being passed around, uh, but it is a manipulation to get you to put more in there. I'll just say that. Yeah. And I don't think that they're doing it on purpose. It's just the way they've been taught to do it. This is what you should right. do. If you're running to, the they don't know what's really going on behind the scene or in the spiritual world with that. That's right. But when they when they put that money in, I believe that if someone's heart is right, they're doing it right to God and God acknowledges it. But what happens, in my opinion, is they've given the enemy legal authority to go and claim, no, 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 hold on, hold on. This person uh, did that because of my thing. It's in my system. It's not in your system. It gives him legal authority. What do you say to that, Cisco? Well, I believe you're right on. Um, So well, that means that Lucifer can go argue in the courts and say, hey, I yes. want to do this over this congregation because yes. they're Absolutely. agreeing. The, okay. Because the church has made, through the years, they've set a pattern, and that is making excuses for not knowing the word of God. And we are not going to be excused. We serve a holy God. And whether we like it or not, whether you accept it or not, is it going to change the fact that you're responsible to study to show yourself approved? And if you're walking in ignorance, you don't have anyone to blame but yourself. Because like the word says, the blind lead the blind and they all fall into the ditch. Well, get out of the ditch. Yeah. Get and and so, so it really affects like the blessings and Absolutely. definitely the authority because... Mm -hmm. As the Spirit of God, you know, is just is desiring to move within the hearts of that congregation and those people and to send them forth with the power of the gospel, as well as the miracles, you know, the miracles that revolve in healing, raising the dead, cleansing the yes. lepers and casting out the evil spirits yes. out of territories. So, you know, God's desiring to raise up that army, to put them in their armor and send them out. And then, you know, as the enemy's fighting, he's saying, but Lord, you've given free will. You've, you, you know, that's above all, you've given them free will. And look, you know, all of them, they're all putting their consent into that tithe. And, you know, they're all willingly submitting themselves under that authority of mammon um, and the Lord will permit that to continue. Um, he says that there's a point 
you know, because he does expect us to know these things. He expects us to be in his word. And here's what it comes down to. Every day we have a choice. Yes. And so if we're not in his word, you know, we can't just say, well, I didn't know God. Mm-hmm. God says, but I gave you my word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are the one who refused to open it up. You're the one who refused to read my word and allow me to teach you. You sought all these other teachers. You sought all these other people to counsel you in issues and things that in your life, did you come to me? Did you ask me to reveal to you the truth? You didn't. You did not. And he says, you know, he he outright confronts Israel on that, that you did not see my counsel. And then what happens, you know, people are complaining because they're under attack and because, um, you know, all these things are happening within the church. And who's really responsible? Is it God? No, it's us because we failed to be in his word. When we're not in the word, we cannot live out our faith. And when we're not living by faith, we're not living by the spirit of God, which is freely given in abundance. So the question is why? And the hard answer to that is because we love sin more than we love God. We would rather be spending our time enjoying the things that feed our flesh than going through the discipline of stewarding the spiritual things, you know, taking up our authority. It's not an easy job. And that's the truth of the matter that every individual has to face, you know, that it's not our pastor's fault. It's not our deacons or our board of directors fault. It's your fault. Mm-hmm. Each one of us is responsible. And when are we going to take that responsibility? When are we going to say, okay, Lord, it starts with me. I'm confessing my sin. And the confession starts all the way at, Lord, forgive me for refusing to be in your word every day. Forgive me for refusing to come into your presence that's where it starts. So true. Yeah, so true. It, while you were talking, it reminded me of something about 25 years ago. Uh, three o'clock in the morning, somebody's pounding on the door, and I go down and open the door, and a man's standing at the door, and he said, are you Cisco? And I said, yes. He says, can I please come in? I said, what's wrong? He says, I'm fleeing for my life. And I says, well, what's what's happened? He said, well, I just went to a big conference where all the ministers around the United States had gathered together, and we were told to take an oath. We had to take an oath to the 501c3, and that oath was that when things start to break down, that we have to tell our congregation that we have to be obedient to our government. And there was only out of thousands of ministers that were in this stadium, there was only a handful of us that did not take the oath. And they had to flee. Yeah, they had to I'm, flee for their lives for not taking it. Right. 
And uh, I, over the years, I did lose contact with him and the other ministers, but they were terrified because they were threatened. You take the oath and we'll find you. We'll hunt you down. And um, that's because they, these ministers had taken that 501 and they were loyal to their oath. They're going to obey what the government tells them to do. Well, they sign a contract saying that they will as well. They actually sign a contract. They do, yeah. So we're entering a time, you know, we've got to come out of Babylon. I want to walk, or I want to be in that place where I hear the voice of God. I don't want anything to cover or be able to take away from the move of the Spirit in my own life, in your life. In each of our lives, we have to be able to hear what the Spirit is saying to us. And when you sit under a false gospel and a false anointing, you you lose that beautiful covering that the Holy Spirit gives you through the plan of salvation. So just because we're we're running out of time here, Cisco, what should... Uh, and and again, we're not coming against the people. If you're in a church like that and you did not know this, if if your pastor is leading the church and he did not know this, and that is quite likely that they did not know this, uh, because we're just experiencing and understanding these things now as a society. But Cisco, what should that congregate do, and what should the pastor or head of the church do? It's going to have to start with the headquarters. Every church has a headquarters. And those within the headquarters that are governing over the churches, they need to repent. And then they need to pass that repentance down to the preachers and to the ministers and to uh, the leaders within the church. And then it needs to go to the congregation. This nation needs to repent. And only after they've repented can there really be a move of the Holy Spirit. But it starts with repentance. So if I'm just a a church attendee who's listening to this broadcast, do I approach church leadership with this information or do I just simply leave? Well, I think that it it could be brought to the leadership with love and uh, you know, with love, I believe it could. It, you're not when you bring the word of God to someone, you are not responsible for how they respond. You're only responsible for bringing truth. You're not responsible for how they respond. So, if the Lord moves in your spirit that you should go talk to your pastor, do it with love and and tell him what's on your heart, and let the Lord work it out in his life. Because many of them are never going to change. They're not going to change. So what I say, too, I believe home meetings are going to become a very, very important part of the movement within the movement of the Holy Spirit that is coming. And I believe it is coming, but I don't believe it's going to be through the front door of most of the churches. I believe it's going to be a few here and a few there and a few here and a few there as we learn to be servants unto God. We first have to be servants. And when you're under this 501c3, you are no longer a servant. Christ was a servant to mankind. You become a slave. So the church has really gone from being a servant or from being a servant to mankind to slavery. 
bondage. It's a bondage. It is a bondage. All part of the elaborate scheme that it goes back hundreds and years, and that's how they've got the pulpit. Uh, one of the ways they've got the pulpit, that's how they've got every institution out there. Uh, so, Jesse, we're just about out of time. Uh, final thoughts from you, and then I'm going to wrap us up. Absolutely. Um, now, I would encourage people, if, if you're a, a member of the church and you're hearing this, you know, start to pray over it. Ask the Lord to um, direct your path, to give you the words, to bring this information forward to your pastors or your leadership. See if you can bring it up for discussion in your board meetings. Ask for that permission and say, hey, you know, I want to bring some of this up and I want to pose these questions. You know, when we take that tithe, tithe are we, you know, serving mammon? Um, you know, if so, what does the Spirit of God want us to do about it? What do we need to do to make that change so that we really are worshiping the Lord and the enemy has, you know, no rights, no access to come into, um, you know, the house of God. And I believe God honors that, that, you know, his word says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. So that's the place where it starts is that seeking and doing that together as the body of Christ. And, you know, I think then reaching out, if you're a pastor, you know, start reaching out to other pastors in your area and, you know, again, seek the Lord together. You don't have to do this change alone. Um, there are other pastors out there who I'm sure are more than, you know, happy to join you in the efforts. And the more numbers that are in that, you know, the stronger it's going to be, you know, face the enemy together and say, you know, we're not going to serve Babylon anymore. Um, so I just encourage people to do that and reach out and make that difference in your community. That's right. So if if you're a pastor or a leader of a church, sever that tie with the government right now. Stop being obedient. Stop uh, going along with their mandates, their foolishness and stuff like that. Uh, would Jesus do it? No. Jesus ain't going to wear a mask. Okay, folks, I'm just saying. Uh, so now if you're a congregate, uh, I agree with Jesse, go and ask those questions, do it in love. But here's the thing I'm going to put out what just my feeling is most of the time you will not be received. And if that's the case, shake the dust from your feet as you walk Absolutely. away. Absolutely. And proclaim it boldly, you know, proclaim what you believe mm -hmm. that you worship the Lord Jesus Christ alone, that you're not going to give your money anymore to the enemy and don't be ashamed by that. Um, you know, you certainly will be persecuted. You certainly will not be received well, but you know, as you stand, your stand is a testimony, not only to unbelievers and to people who in the church who are walking in rebelliousness, but it stands as a testimony in the throne room of God before all those fallen angels that you are choosing to serve the Lord and you're not going to be manipulated. You're not going to be controlled. You're not going to be coerced. Um, you're choosing just the Lord. Amen. And I guess just one of the final thoughts is, well, first of all, 
uh, one question that comes up often is Jesse's illuminate the darkness.com a 501c3 Jesse put that to rest oh no we are not so that's right yeah. so and and you know neither is Cisco's patreon neither is she is a book you know uh, uh, Jesse's books are not under a 501c3 uh, right on radio is not under a 501c3 and I just want to make a, a point and and I guess one of the things is the very first church when I was saved and you know if anyone hears my testimony I actually went into that church with uh, the intent to burn it down literally burn it down I wanted to call them hypocrites and walk out and burn down the country church uh, that's a true story however I went in there I was loved and everything and they'd never ever passed around a plate never ever asked for donations or anything like that uh, they would mention it the odd time if there's a new member because people would want to know how do i give and they just had a little box at the back okay yeah but they trusted god yeah. for their provision in all things they trusted god they didn't do manipulative ways of getting you to put more money in the box or anything and i'm thankful for that because if they if i had gone into a church and had done that I would have called them hypocrites and probably, you know, done some awful things because I was an awful person at that period of time. Uh, I want to make the point to say all this. Um, some of you consider right on radio your ministry. Some of you uh, really subscribe to what uh, what Cisco's doing, what J Jesse does on her Patreon as well. Uh, they really work it. Uh, myself, I have a patron program. I don't work it. I figure I put out a lot of information and I put in all the hours after hours to get these broadcasts up, but we never have come to you and said, Hey, give us the Lord's tithe. We've never come to you. Uh, some people I understand might choose to do that. Uh, in fact, we very seldom even let mention that we have our support links uh, below for Patreon and things like that. We've only really come forward to you when we want to add value so something like the right on you or my liberty stand it's because those things are optional we're not putting spiritual pressure on you to say hey uh give to us do this do that uh, it's never been like that we give out this information free we we receive it uh actually jesse received it at a price <laughs> you know and i'm paying the price for dealing with cisco and jesse now <laughs> i can say that laughingly of course, yeah. but but we do give out this stuff freely to you, and we trust God for his provision in our lives. And no matter what your, your situation is, and a lot of people are facing uh, that place right now because of mandates and things like that, where you really are going to be put into the Trust Jesus Club, where I know Cisco is. Cisco isn't a wealthy woman. Uh, Jesse's not a wealthy uh, woman, I'm not super rich, you know, that's for sure. Uh, I need uh, things on a month. Uh, every month we are trusting Jesus yes. to provide for us. And I believe that we're following a biblical example. Paul went and made tents to, and that's what we do with Right On You. That's what uh, Cisco has done with her book. That's why Jesse writes extra books. It's to give you something of value beyond that, but it's not demanding or trying to manipulate you into supporting us. So I hope I put that in a 
concise way. Any thoughts on my final statements there, Jesse or Cisco? No, we can let those stand. So, did you agree with it? I agree. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Good. You know, we we work to, you know, it's not just even, you know, just simply writing a book or things like that. Both Cisco and I, you know, those books that, or even the materials that we put out weekly on our Patreons, which are, you know, meant to facilitate spiritual formation and growth. Um, you know, that comes out of a lot of time in prayer and time with the Lord a lot of time in his word. And so, you know, we're, we're giving to people out of our own personal um, time with the Lord and sharing what he's doing. And, um, you know, so it's, it's not like we're, or I guess I just want to say, you know, what you're getting is our walk with God. You know, we're being vulnerable and sharing that with people. And, and your even these shows, these shows yeah. are the same thing, you know, that uh, it comes out of our walk with God and what God puts on our heart. And it's a hard and place to be, you know, laying it your is. spiritual life bare before everybody in the world, you know? Yes. And it just as, as, a, as a proof that this is not all about money. So I wrote a book in 2018, late 2018. It actually won the Transformational Book of the Year Award. Uh, I've sold thousands of copies off the side of the stage and things like that. I have never once advertised my book. Now, it's based on all godly principles, but it's meant for a general audience. And I did not want to subtract away from our mission here on this. Uh, but I might just make it available soon uh, to some people. Well, you mentioned once a long time ago, I still haven't forgotten that you are on a magazine cover because of that. I still would love to see that cover someday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so I was on the cover for, a, it wasn't because of the uh, the book. It was because of a business that I was doing at the time. But uh, yeah, I've never, never advertised the book. Uh, one day I'll make it available to write on you students or something like that, because it is quite a good book and it is life-changing. Uh, but I never yeah. wanted to distract from the message. So, hey, listen, in the meantime, remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community. Please support uh, Cisco's Patreon, and uh, the links are all for Jesse and I are in the description. Thank you. God bless.